Well, it's been a few weeks since we were last in Genesis. Hope you all didn't forget where we're at. But we're in chapter 4. And of course, everybody's favorite question out of chapter 4 is, is where did Cain and Abel get their wives? <laughs> we should be able to answer that for you tonight. tonight. We've been looking at the beginnings. As we said, there's a lot of patterns that start off in the beginning. And those patterns are things that God continues to repeat. But here in verse 1 of chapter 4, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. I have acquired a man from the Lord. It has long been thought and often stated that Cain is the firstborn of Adam and Eve, but I think this verse makes it pretty clear he is not. There's really no reason to say I've acquired a man if I had not failed to do that before. So more than likely, the firstborn to Adam and Eve was a woman. Can't say that for absolute certainty. But there is sure something to this. I have acquired a man from the Lord. Why in the world do we make an emphasis of that if they had not acquired one before? So more than likely, Cain is not the firstborn. How many children did Adam and Eve have? How many do we have names of? No. Three. Of those three, how many are women? Is a standard reason that Adam and Eve had three boys and no girls. Now you will notice this too as we get on in here. That Cain, once he goes off, he goes off and builds a city. Now what do you need to build a city? People to build. And people to inhabit it. So if Adam only had, Adam and Eve only had Cain and then had Abel and not a whole lot in between, then there really wouldn't be a whole lot going on here as far as people are concerned. But we'll give you some more facts and figures on the uh, part of, of Cain. We have um, Cain and Abel are born to Adam and Eve. And we have one more that's going to be born yet. Everybody remember him? How old was Adam when Seth was born? 130 years. What is the standard reason that in 130 years they had three kids? It's not very likely, is it? More than likely, they had a lot more. Now, I think I put this in your... We'll fill out this part. Cain is the first boy baby, but possibly and probably not the first child. I can't say that to you definitely. But you can't say definitely that Cain was the firstborn. So we're both in the same boat there. Yeah? <laughs> and again, we're not going to make doctrines out of this stuff. <laughs> no, no need to make doctrines. But you know, if we're going to ask the question, where did Cain and Abel get their wives and use that as a reason to break down the word, there's an assumption that Cain is the firstborn. There's an assumption that Abel is the nextborn. But that may not be true. And since we have cities being built in, life, in the lifespan of his son, more than likely, there were a lot more people. He says, I have acquired a man from the Lord, would seem to indicate that a woman had already been born. Now, the writer I put in here is Moses. So since the writer is Moses, what is the point of view of the book of Genesis? Hebrew. To the Hebrew, what is the most important of all children? Male. I'm not telling you that's the most important to God. 
just to the Hebrew mindset, the most important thing is. And it's not just that it's the most important to the men. It was the most important to the women. They felt most useful, <laughs> or something, I don't know, whatever it was they felt. They felt most proud. They felt most, uh, uh, they, they felt vindicated when they had a man child. And if they didn't have a boy, then you know, it seems like ten girls are worth one boy. And I'm not telling you that's the way God sees it or the way it should be. But this is their mindset. You must understand their mindset to understand the writing. God lets the mindset of the people come through in, in, in many things in the Scriptures. But it doesn't change what the will of God is. In the will of God, men and women are equal. But not in the Hebrew mind. And so really all we have told of is the three boys. We're not, we don't even know that that's the only boys that they had. They probably had other boys. But these were the only ones of, of such great significance that had to be mentioned. Cain, because he was the firstborn. Abel, because he was murdered by the firstborn. And Seth, because he is the nextborn after the death of Abel. Not the third boy. There's nowhere in Scripture that says Seth is the third boy. Seth is the replacement of Abel. Is all that it says. And Abel was, uh, he was out in the fields working. He's not an eight-year-old. So there's a number of years that passed between the time that Abel was born and that Abel died. So that more than likely, they had a lot more children in between that time. We can't go on the assumption that there were no more boy babies between Abel and Seth. Any more than we can assume that there were no girls born, even though none are mentioned. So where does Cain and Abel get their wives from? Now before we get into fully, fully answer that question, there is a, the, the race of men was polluted by fallen angels. Remember the fallen angels came? How many times did that occur? Twice. Two times it occurred. The first time is before Noah and the flood wiped out those perverse, those corrupted generations. That is the first time. The second time, God does not use a flood to wipe them out. He uses the house of Israel when they wiped out the Canaanites and David finished them off by uh, eliminating the last four, uh, five, I'm sorry, five giants, Goliath and his brothers. He wipes out the last of them. At that point, then they're all, all done. So that lineage is gone. Now, if God would not allow a foreign angel to come in and pollute the deceit of man, then how could Cain and Abel get a wife from any other place than a descendant of Adam and Eve? Would that not pervert the generations in the same way that a fallen angel would? Because it would be one coming from outside the human race. The only way Cain and Abel can have a wife is if that wife comes from Adam and Eve. There is no other place for them to get a wife. That's it. Now we all know, you know, they, they don't want brothers and sisters getting married because of uh, problems with genealogies or genes and such like things like that. Might have a higher rate of of um, birth defects and such. But we are a, a far greater time frame from the fall than Adam and Eve are. So it is very doubtful that they had any of those problems that we would have today. And they probably had so many kids. And so many different generations of them that whole generations grew up and really didn't interact a whole lot with each other. They did not have family picnics. 
I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> You're not going to bring them all together. Now, we'll, we'll jump ahead here for just a minute. But when, when uh, Cain goes out and makes his first city, it is estimated that at a moderate rate of increase, this is not my figures, these are figures I pulled out from, from other folks who've studied genealogies and such things like that, that by the time he's out there making that city, the population of the earth, if you just use a moderate increase of Adam and Eve having babies and then their kids having babies and so forth, that by the time you get to that point there, the population of the earth could be somewhere around 500,000 people. <laughs> now again, I didn't put those figures together. These are just, if you want, you can go up on, online, go to the internet and do a search on the population and see what you come up with and find out what you... Now I'm not saying it was 500, I'm saying that could be. The same figures could also put it above 500,000. You could also have it a little bit lower. But you know, out of 500,000 people, could you find a wife? <laughs> of course, they found the wife a whole lot sooner than the 500,000 were there and, and such things as that. But more than likely, they had some older, at least one, maybe other older sisters. And they may not have married one of those. They may have taken one of the other ones. But that's all they had to pick from, folks. That was it. You're, you're not looking at other people being here in other parts of the earth. Every person descended from Adam and Eve. There is no other blood in it. Because all folks inherit the sin nature which comes from... So if everybody on the earth has the sin nature, they all come from... Which means Adam and Eve... Or, I'm sorry, Cain and Abel married... Their sister. That's how it is. That's all that there was. So that's... It's, it's just... That's just now. We'll, we'll have a nice little point out of that as we get here to the end. But anyway, let's keep, keep on going through here and finish this stuff off. We got past the, the tough part here. The, <laughs> the, where did the wives come from? So I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time her, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. How much time has just transpired? We're looking at an awful lot of time. They don't just pop out and jump into the fields. That's just not what they do. There's, there's stages in between. Things happen. But again, we're just, we're just getting the highlights of it here. So when we look for such details as, all right, well, where did the wife come from? It, it's not there. We're jumping. You know, we're, they're at least in their teens right now, keeping the, the sheep and keeping the... Uh, they're off, off there on their own. And in the process of time, now we get the process of time. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the of the ground to the Lord. He brought an offering. Now here's some confusion in some of the wordings here, so we're going to help you out with some of the wording that is there. Because what you may have understood these verses to say may not be what they are saying. So we do want to help try and get into... I, I broke down all the different people's translations and uh, different things on different words here. So we'll, we'll give you the benefit of all this. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of the flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering and he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell.
Is the law of Moses given that tells you what a sacrifice is? No. This does not come for a long time. A very long time. But God told Adam and Eve what a proper sacrifice was and how to do it. Because He made the first sacrifice for their sin. Now, Abel's was accepted and Cain's was not. God respected Cain's or Abel's and did not respect Cain's. And this made Cain angry. He was mad at this. Now, this a lot of the same attitude we have here is the same kind of stuff we saw with King Asses we were looking at on Sunday. Is that things didn't go your way and so you get mad. Now, he's mad at God. He's mad at Abel. Because Abel's is accepted and his is not. But he can't necessarily do anything to God. <laughs> no, it's a, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're growing up and mom and dad do something that you don't like and you're the youngest, who do you take it out on? The dog, the cat, something, whatever's underneath you. <laughs> you go out there and take it out on that because that's about it. So Abel can't, or King can't take it out on God. So he takes it out on? Abel. He, but he's mad at Abel. It's not Abel's fault. Abel did what he was supposed to do. Alright, now here's where the wording gets interesting. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And it's desirous for you. But you should rule over it. That verse is really hard to understand. And I mean, it's talking about all kinds of stuff. The thing is, if you read it the way it's translated here, you will come up with something along the lines of this. And if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Do we not get the idea that sin is trying to feast upon you? And its desire is for you. What's desire? But you should rule over it. This is a terrible translation, folks. It really is. This is not what it is saying at all. Here's what it is trying to convey. Now, once you see what the actual meaning is, it will make sense to you. And the whole thing will make sense instead of the scenes like something weird. And if you do well, will you not be accepted? What he is actually referring to is the sacrifice that Cain brings. Is the sacrifice that Cain brings no good? No, the sacrifice that he brings is fine. Can you bring God to God the first fruits as a sacrifice? Yes, but not as a sin offering. That's where we miss it. A sin offering must involve the death of an animal. It must involve blood because blood is what covers up the sin until the lamb comes and his blood washes it away. But until then, it is the blood of sheep and goats and such things that covers up the sin. So what he is actually saying here is, if you do well, if you do not sin, then what you are bringing as an offering will be accepted. Because it's not a sin offering. But, if you do not do well, if you miss it, if you sin, 
sin, the word here for sin is also the same word as used for the sin offering. The sin offering lies at the door of what? The door of the tabernacle, the door of the place that they, they bring the offering to. His reference here is not to him doing well in bringing the right sacrifice. It is if you do well, you don't sin, you don't need to bring the blood of a sin offering. But if you miss it, you must bring the offering required, which is the blood of an animal. So it really depends on you. If you do well, you don't sin, your offering is fine. But if you are trying to cover up sin or to, to make uh, a sin offering or an offering for the sin, you cannot bring the first fruits. Does that make more sense? Mm-hmm. Now, and it's desirous for you. Well, what's desire? If the word sin there could actually be referring to the sin offering, then what's desire? It actually should be translated this way. Actually, I, I think I wrote... No, I probably didn't write it down. I thought I might have written down a couple of the other translations. All right, let me summarize it for you. There's a, there's a few translations you can find out there that have this in it. But most of them try and, and stay with what this is. The word there, it, should actually be his. And his desire is for you, but you should rule over him. Who? No. What, who, what is the point of conflict here? The point of conflict is between Cain and Abel. Right? Because he's mad with Abel. Who is born first? And the right of rulership is to who? The first male child. But since he is not being accepted and Abel is, Cain is in fear that he will also take the rulership. The right of the firstborn. And so basically all God is saying is, if you do well, you don't need the, the, the sin offering. The offering you're bringing is fine. If you sin, you need to bring the sin offering. But... His desire is to rule, but you will rule as long as you do well. You will not lose the rulership position. But you should rule over him. Your position is such that you should rule over him. But this whole thing is becoming a conflict between Cain and Abel. And God is merely saying this, stop being jealous. Just because his offering is accepted and yours is not, you are just misplacing the sin offering. You need to bring a sin offering to make make a, a sacrifice for a sin problem. If you do that, th- there's no problem with rulership here. Because you as the firstborn are the ruling member of the family. That's really all that he is saying. But it's working inside of Cain. Cain is seen able, since his sacrifice is accepted, and Cain's is not, he's seen able as a problem in the realm of the firstborn. And the rulership that's here. And so his jealousy and his anger continues to build against Abel. God is simply trying to diffuse the anger that is building in the sign of Cain. Can you see that? And when you go on from here, we have the problem between not Cain and sin, even though he is sinning. The problem is between Cain and Abel. So God is simply trying to diffuse, but he doesn't let that. He continues to meditate on his sacrifice is accepted. Mine is not. I, sh- 
I'm going to lose my position here. He was the firstborn. First maleborn, yes, thank you. So if you do well, if you don't sin, then the sacrifice you bring is fine. If you do sin, you need a sin offering. That's how it works. So that's really all he's saying. Does that sound less complicated than what we pull out of there? <laughs> I mean, that's all God is saying. Bring the right offering at the right time. What you're bringing as an offering, first fruits, this is a fine offering. But not for what your intending purpose is. It's always trying to get him on to. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. What does that mean he talked to him? Well, he probably came up to him and says, hey, can you give me a hand out in the field? <laughs> no. I, need, I need a hand. I need some help. Oh, yeah, I'll come on out there and help you. And he gets someone out there in the field all by themselves and he kills them. Because he let this fester on the inside of him. Cain began to think, Abel is going to take my position. I've got to eliminate him. And his anger was all directed towards him. But it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his problem. And there was nothing that Abel was doing that was going to threaten Cain's position. But when Cain steps into this, this threatens his position. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? Now let's take a look at Cain here for just a moment. Cain back here in verse 9. Uh, well, actually, verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, God is speaking to the man. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, I'm talking with God here. I mean, it's, it's Jesus. He's the visible God. But I'm, I'm talking with God. That doesn't seem to wow him at all. He still goes off and gets mad. I mean, if God comes down and gives you a direct rebuke, man, I'm listening. <laughs> I'll never do that again. It's over. <laughs> Abel, love you. <laughs> That's it. God talked to me about this. I'm not having a problem with this anymore. Mm-mm. But he ignored what God said. Now, when Cain brings this false religion in here, this is what this is. It is false religion. It is man's attempt at religion. Man's attempt at religion is, I want to get to God my way. That's how it is. And that doesn't work. God says, you get to me my way. There's only one way, and it's my way. I don't care what your opinion is about my way. The way that I give is the way that it works. Amen. And that's all that there is to it. But we've got a lot of people around the, our nation and other places, they want to come up with a new way. Another way. No, there's only one way to God. That's through Jesus. It doesn't matter if you have all the good intentions of the world. It doesn't matter how good you are doesn't matter any of that. All that matters is, what did you do about Jesus? Did you accept Him as your Savior? If you didn't have knowledge of Jesus being given, sacrificed and all that, then God judges you on what knowledge you have. But the people in this country, they don't have that problem. Most people will come to you and say, is Jesus really the only way? Say, yes, He is. Well, what about those people who don't know? Well, you're not one of them. <laughs> that's all you got to say <laughs> you are not one of them <laughs> so what you worried about them for Don't worry about it. you know that Jesus is the way you know about it and if you want to select another way then there you go but we'll see right here in the, in the book of beginnings Cain tried to find a different way 
than what God said and God didn't accept it. So all these other folks out there, I've, you know, we've talked about it before. There's ministers that have been on all these popular shows and things like that. And they're asked the question, is Jesus the only way? And they him and haul around. Well, I, you know, there could be other ways. There could... Ministers of the gospel saying this sort of stuff. No, there is only one way. And no matter who you say it in front of, you should still be the same answer. Jesus is the way. Yeah, but what about all these other religions? Well, you know, you have some real nice people going to hell. That's all you can do. I mean, there's, if, if I'm right, I will not see you there. <laughs> That's a, what else are you going to do with them? But uh, there is only one way. No one wants to hear that. They all want to have you. Well, they're still good people and they're still, they, they came up with their own way. You cannot come up with your own sacrifice. And no more than Cain did. Cain came up with his own sacrifice. He liked doing this better. He could have easily taken some of those fruits and exchanged them with his brother for some of the lambs or some of the sheep or some of the goats or whatever it is that he had that he needed. And that would have worked out fine, but he didn't do that. He said, that's what I want to bring. This is what I want to do. And that's religion. Religion is getting to God man's way. But God wants you to get to God His way. And His way is not hard. But you got to get there His way. Then the Lord said to Cain, He's talking to him again. Where is Abel, your brother? Now, this is what religion can do to you. He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? No, he killed him and he buried him. He knows where the boy is. <laughs> can you, religion can get you to lie to God. Can you believe that? Religion, anger at the wrong things, can get you to lie to God. What are you thinking about? Lying to God. God, this is God. See, religion always makes God smaller and man bigger. That's not the way it is. God is huge. We're, we're nothing. But we've been made something through God. Glory to God for that. Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you, a fugitive, and a vagabond shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out of of this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds it will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him. Sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. We don't know what that mark was. There are a whole lot of folks who come out and say that uh, God marked Cain by changing his skin color. And depending upon what school you go to, it may be making his skin color darker or making his skin color lighter. <laughs> That is not the case. The races that are on our face of our earth do not come from Adam and Eve. They do not come from Cain. They do not come from Abel. They do not come from Seth. The races that are on the face of our earth come from the descendants of Noah. Nothing to do with any particular race, any, any uh, wrong race. All the righteous nations do not come from one place. They come from, for they come from the descendants of Noah. And Noah had three young men. And out of those came the different nations. That's where they came from. 
So anyone who wants to try and teach you that God lightened His skin or darkened His skin and that's His mark, they are wrong. And we do not know what His mark was because it does not tell us. So if anyone wants to come out and say, well, this is what the mark was, well, maybe that's their good guess and maybe they even hit it right. But we don't know. But what, who did know was the people who inhabited the land. Now, here's the huge thing for you. Cain is of the impression at this time, before the birth of Seth, before Adam reaches 130 years, he is of the mindset that there are enough people over the face of the earth who will not know him. What does that tell you about the earth's population? We're not looking at a handful here. I mean, if we just have a handful of people, don't you just pull them all together and say, leave Cain alone. Don't bother the boy. Let him alone. (laughs) But we do not have a handful of people on the face of the earth. We have so many that he is going to wander in the wilderness and stumble upon people that he expects might kill him. That to me tells us a whole lot of the state of the earth at this point. There's probably a whole lot of people around there. But he's been driven out, got a mark put on him. He's he's going to have a hard time making the earth produce anything. And so then he he goes out. See if I missed anything that I needed to fill in for you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why is it described to be by faith? Because when we obey the Word of God, we have faith. When we disobey the Word of God, when we go against what God said, we do not have faith. Faith is simply obeying God. That if God said it, that's the way it is. Simply when God says, have no anxiety about anything. If I believe it, if I have faith in it, I have no anxiety about anything. If I pick up anxiety, what have I done? Same thing that Cain did. I'm making my own way. Don't do it. When God said it, obey what God said. Do it as God said it. So Cain doubted God's way. He said, no, I can do this way. I can cover up my sin with the best of my crops. And again, Cain became angry. He was mad. you got to be careful about anger because anger pulls you down the wrong place, takes you down the wrong way, and you don't need it. Well, again, it was sin or a sin offering that lies at the door. And we covered most of the, the rest of those things. So Cain is cursed. It is not a different, different color race or different color skin or anything like that. We don't know exactly what it was. But there are people that get out there and they try and teach this sort of stuff and that's just not in the Word of God. So verse 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of what? Eden. As we said before, Eden is not a garden. Eden has a garden. But Eden is the name given to apparently this large landmass that will eventually be broken up. And in the days of Peleg, the earth was divided. And that's when it became broke up. But up until then, it was not. 
And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city, not Enoch, but Cain, built a city and named it after his, the city after the name of his son, Enoch. So he built a city. So by the time he um, has children, he's out there building the city. Really would seem that Cain is not the firstborn. That there were other people that were there. He's probably the first, he's the first male child. But um, they had, he apparently had stayed around. Maybe some of the other ones had gone off and, and other, went out of the places. But he's got a city going. Then Enoch was born. Irad and Irad begot. Well, we got all these people. We don't need to get all the different names. But we have all these folks that are being born. And generations after generation after generation is coming. And this is what you need to see. We're having uh, uh, several generations. We have Enoch's son and then Enoch's grandson. And then Enoch, or I'm sorry, uh, Cain's great-grandson and Cain's great-great-grandson. We're all mentioned right in this, this period here. And we get down to Lamech. He took for himself two wives. I don't know if he was the first one who ever took two wives, but he's the first one mentioned in the Bible. He was the first one they had reason to mention. And he took for himself two wives, and the name of one was Adah, and the name of the second was Zillah. Now, these are the first ladies mentioned. They are not the first ladies. Eve is here before that, but of course, God had dealt with them, and so that's why we're dealing with both of those. And Eve is the one that, you know, talking with the serpent. So we have her name in there, but we really don't have any of the other ladies mentioned, do we? For quite a few, how many generations? One generation, two generations, three generations, four generations, four generations after Cain before we have the mention of one of their wives. And Adah bore Jabel. And his, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. Now, not all the people that are allowed around today that have tents and livestock because this is for those people before Noah. They condensed them all back down into a, one group of people at the time of the flood. His brother's name was Jabel. And he was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. So they were the musicians. I guess, you know, when, they, when you think about it, these folks have to come up with the instrument. They've got to make the instrument. Somebody's got to dream up the instrument. And then they've got to learn how to play it. And then they've got to make songs. And somebody else has to invent the radio to play the songs on. <laughs> now, as for Zilla, she also bore to Bull Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubul Cain was Naamah. Then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy seventy sevenfold. Now, I don't know why he's doing stuff like this. That'll tell you a little bit about his personality. He's saying, well, if God's going to judge him, he'll judge me even more. 77 times. Him sevenfold, me 77-fold. I, I wouldn't taunt God. But he, he actually says a poem about it. I killed a man for wounding me. I don't know why he wants to brag about all this or why he calls his wives together for this sort of stuff, but it's not a real good personality trait right here. <laughs> what we're seeing with him. This isn't, this isn't good stuff. But we go out and we've already got a city that uh, Cain was building, and then we have all these other generations that come after that. So the world is filling up 
quite nicely. And this was God's intention. He said, you know, fill the earth. Fill it up. And so they, they're working hard to do it. <laughs> there were some things that were different before the flood, but as far as I know, it still took nine months. But they just had a whole lot of years. A whole lot of years. And they weren't just uh, giving birth from you know their teens up until 40 or so. and They seemed to be giving birth for a long time. But again, they didn't have the same... Uh, problems because of the firmament that was there protecting the earth and, and they lived a whole lot longer. So we have families that are born. The, the earth is growing. And again, like we said, about 500,000 people by the time uh, Seth by the time Seth was born or the city was built. So where did Cain get his wife? Did it ever say that Cain took a wife? Never said that, did it? Did you ever see a place where it said Cain took a wife? No, just said he knew. We, and we go through the whole story beforehand. So we don't have any place where it says that Cain took a wife. Did Abel die single? We don't know, do we? It would seem that Cain already had his wife the time he killed Abel. So it is very possible that Abel also had a wife and may even have had children. We aren't told about them. Because the only ones that had some significance here, and these are the only ones that are told, is the ones that have significance for some part of the story. Not necessarily good significance, just some kind of significance. And apparently Cain's kids had some significance that God wanted to get across to us. So it is possible that Abel had a wife. We don't know. Don't go out there and make doctrine of Abel having a wife. Anything like that. We don't need all that. But it's very possible that he had children of his own. Again, it never said that Cain was the firstborn. Just... First, uh, first male, and the fallen angels made a corrupt race, so why would non-descendants of Adam be accepted? So where do you fill all that part of it in for you? But sometimes, out of this chapter, we've got all kinds of questions. And how many times have people been hung up on the question, where did Cain get a wife? The whole thing has to be thrown out. Because where did Cain get a wife? This, we've got to throw the whole thing out. But it, there's a whole lot that it doesn't have in there. I put this in your outline because I want you to make sure you get this part. We can always come up with questions that we don't know the answers to. But what are we doing with the answers we have? <laughs> we can ask till we're blue in the faith, where did, where did Cain get his wife? Where did it come from? And not, not have that answer. But not having that answer to the definitive way that you want doesn't stop you from living to the truth of what you already know. So, you know, as far as the creation event is concerned, there's a whole lot of things we are not told. And really, it doesn't make any difference. What are we doing with the answers that we have? In the story with Cain and Abel, the problem was not in dealing with questions that were unanswered. The problem was dealing with what they already knew. And Abel and Cain both knew what a sacrifice was. And Abel followed it. It doesn't mean that Abel was that much better than Cain. For Abel, it was convenient. It was easy to do what God said. He was a keeper of livestock. For Cain, it wasn't necessarily convenient. And he had to do some changing over of what it is that he had. But he did not deal with the answers he already knew. And he decided to come up with different answers to the questions. And that's where we got ourselves in trouble. 
He began to foresee things in the future that uh, Abel's going to take my, my birthright. He's going to begin to rule where I should be ruling. And this caused questions and problems for him. What are we doing with the answers that we have? We all have a whole lot of questions about the Bible that we don't know the answers to. And I'm glad you did too, that you do because it shows that you're learning. You're, you're, you want to go deeper. You want to press in deeper. But if we ever let a question that we have about the Word that we do not have answered, if we ever let that stand in the way of obeying the truth that we know, we will be without excuse before God. Because He's simply going to look at us and say, what did you do with what you did know? Unanswered questions are good because we're always learning and we're always looking to learn more things. But never stop working the truth that you know. Amen. We know a lot of things about the Word of God. We know a lot of things that are taught to us about faith, about God's will, about forgiveness, about loving other people. We have all kinds of stuff that we know the Word of God teaches here. We must do those things we know. And no question we have about the Word of God is ever going to hold any ground with God as far as it's not obeying Him. I'm glad that Cain had a wife. I'm glad that Abel had a wife or possibly had a wife. I'm glad that Seth got married. I really don't care who he got married to. God was okay with it. If God's okay with it, what am I going to do? So if anybody asks us, who did Cain marry? Apparently the one God wanted him to marry. Where did she come from? She came from Adam and Eve. Well, how do you know that? Well, how do you not know that? I mean, come on, we're, we're creating problems here. Where do, you, where do you think she came from? Yeah, we try and create some, some issues, but it's pretty simple on this one. And don't let your mind start to wander. You know what, what God wants you to do? Do it. Don't look at someone else and say, yeah, but they're being blessed more than I am. How is that? That's not right. And let that jealous, don't let that jealousy build up. Never let that. Look at another brother or sister in the Lord who's doing well and say, Father God, thank you for blessing them. Always, like we're talking about on Sunday mornings, always be thankful. Just sit there and be thankful. Father God, I'm so thankful that they're blessed. I am so thankful that good things are happening to them. And just be joyful about it. And you won't fall into the same thing that Cain did. Cain got himself to the point that he could kill his brother and lie to God. That's what it can do to you. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the things that you help us to understand. And there are some questions in your Word that we may not know the answer to or may not know the exact answer to. But there is so much in your Word that we do know the answers to. And we want to focus on what we do know. What revelations you will give us are great. They're down the road. They're, they're coming to us and we thank you for it. But we want to be faithful with the knowledge of God that you have blessed us with. With the answers that we already have, we want to be faithful with that. Thank you, Father, that there is no question that will ever come to our mind that will distract us from the truth that we know. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.